Welcome into the Buckeye Blitz on FanStream Sports, powered by DSP Media. My name's Jeff Fitoff. They call me Tito. Uh, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Fit Happens, and we'll get um, follow me there. I'll follow you back and all that. That's we put all the podcasts out. Thank you for tuning in. Like, listen, subscribe, all that jazz here on the FanStream Sports Network. Uh, FanStream Sports, powered by the DSP Media uh, Podcast Network. So, forty-nine days um, until high school. Yeah, 42 until the start of the college football season. And uh, we've done a lot of, like, you know, positive things about Ohio State recruiting. They have missed out on a couple of guys that they had their eye on. One was uh, Zabian Brown, cornerback um, out of California, cornerback out of California. He had the uh, Buckeyes in his final three, along with, like, Alabama and USC with the other two. And uh, Brown took uh, – he's a six-foot, 180-pound corner. He took Alabama in the end, and that's where he's going. So – like it would have been nice for Ohio State to get him, but they, they still they the Ohio State's fine recruiting wise in 2024. We'll talk about that in a minute. They also lost out um, on a five star wide receiver. They were recruiting uh, Josiah Trader from down in Florida, joined the Hurricanes. He's a number eleven overall recruit, and uh, he is six foot one hundred eighty pounds. And uh, he had Ohio State, Miami. He had both uh, the other schools, Florida and Florida State, and also Alabama among others on his list. So. The Buckeyes miss out. I'll talk about the Buckeyes, who they've gotten lately, but I'm not worried about this. Look, um, they still have Jeremiah Smith, who is now the number one prospect, according to some outlets, uh, in the 2024 class, passing former Buckeye commit uh, Dylan Rayola, the quarterback, who is playing in the state of Georgia and then headed to Georgia also. But um, he's uh, the 2024 class, so Jeremiah Smith, the top-rated player right now, according to some of the scouting networks. Uh, he is a five-star wide receiver coming to Ohio State. They still have Justin Scott, the five-star defensive lineman um, out of Illinois, St. Ignatius, Illinois. They got uh, uh, Mylon Graham, Graham, I'm sorry, the five-star wide receiver. Also, another they got in there. So they're fine. And just Aaron Nolan, who we're excited about. Um, and they've done well with the defense, also the cornerbacks. They got Bryce West um, out of Cleveland Glenville. So they're fine on that right there. There's still some guys they have their eyes on. So... It's not like sky is falling situation for Ohio State football just because they missed out on a couple of recruits they had their eyes on. And good luck to those players out there where they're going, headed out um, to Miami and Alabama. But Ohio State still will have the best wide receiver room in the country again this year and next year, uh, in my opinion. And um, Ohio State's just fine there. Brian Hartland's just fine, and they're doing a great job, along with Jim Knowles on the defensive side of the ball. Okay, so FanDuel. Came out with some odds for some of the week one games and just wanted to, uh, I'm sorry, the, the college football games. I wanted to go through some of the ones involving Ohio State that are out there. Uh, like I told you, we're 49 days away by the time you get this from Ohio State against Indiana. Uh, that's a road game in the Big Ten for Ohio State in Bloomington. And uh, the Buckeyes are favored by 27.5 points over Indiana there. Uh, when they take on Notre Dame, they are 8.5 point favorites. I think it's a 27 point favorites over Indiana in the road. 8.5 point favorites at Notre Dame. Um, when they host Penn State, Ohio State is a 10.5 half-point favorite. When they host Michigan State in that night game, November 11th in the Horseshoe, the rare November big, uh, night game for Ohio State at, at hosting Michigan State that day, 24 and a half. They are a one-point under to Michigan. And I've done a deep dive on this. I've looked through things. And, um, you know, I, I got uh, Phil Steele's magazine also and looked at that. And the more I look at it, Michigan should be, I hate to say this, Michigan should be considered the favorite to win the Big Ten because they have an easier schedule in Ohio State. They've got a returning quarterback. They, they also have a dynamic running back. 
uh, running back room there. Although it's not as deep as Ohio State's, their one-two punch out there with Corman Edwards is still very good. Um, and, and they get to play Ohio State at home. Now, I still think Ohio State's going to win the Big Ten. I still believe Ohio State will beat Michigan. But right now, to sit here in July, I understand why there's a lot of publications, a lot of prognostic prognosticators out there that believe that Michigan is going to win the Big Ten. I get it. I have a feeling, though. I just think that Ohio State, I think they're going to make a huge leap defensively in the second year of Jim Knowles with some of the transfers they brought in and the fact that they have the best wide receiver in football in the deepest running back room in football. I still think Ohio State's going to win the Big Ten, but I can understand, I understand why some people believe Michigan is going to win the Big Ten. And look, Michigan's got a much easier schedule and they get the Buckeyes at home. That's the difference. I fully expect Michigan and Ohio State to both be undefeated. Ohio State's um, three of their four toughest games are on the road. The Notre Dame game, the Wisconsin game, and the Michigan game. The Wisconsin game, haven't seen the line on that one yet, but don't sleep on that one as being a big game, uh, being an easy game for Ohio State because, look, Wisconsin, their first year under Luke Fickle, and they're making a, a huge change in their offensive philosophy, what they're doing there. They're airing it out more. They got Tanner Mordecai to transfer into play quarterback. It's not going to be the same Wisconsin offense you've seen in years past, although they do have a great running game still. Uh, the defense will still be stout. And don't underestimate how important Luke Fickle is uh, is going to be this year for Wisconsin and how much of a change it could be in that program. It might not take right away, but I'm telling you, at Wisconsin will be a night game, i got to believe. Um, and so that'll be a tough environment. Camp Randall is no joke. Okay. Um, one of the things that I think that Ohio State fans, I don't think the element if you take it for granted or not as a whole, but, uh, you know, when you see some of the th- things that are happening at other universities, and it, it should make you appreciate what Ohio State does, uh, what Gene Smith does, uh, and what Ohio State as a whole. Like when I always talk about Ohio State with their football, their, their football hiring, they have not had a catastrophic hire, literally decades. They've not had a cat- catastrophic hire. Woody Hayes was great, and I'm, I'm saying no one's perfect. I know Woody Hayes, um, his tenure ended in a way that most Buckeye fans wouldn't have wanted it to end. But so Woody Hayes, Earl Bruce was fantastic. I know he was nine and three Earl, but still they did not take a huge drop off during the time he was his first year they played for the national championship. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, then you had John, uh, uh, then you had John Cooper come on <clears throat> and Cooper. I know had his struggles with Ohio state and did not endear himself um, very well to the fans when he got here and said, Michigan's every game is as important as Michigan, which it isn't. Um, and then some of the things he did in the media were just much different than Ohio state fans had seen their football coaches do, but he did a great job recruiting. He was a fantastic recruiter and really upped the level of recruiting Ohio state. God, I'm on here, but I didn't mean to go this long on it. Then you had Trestle and obviously Trestle. We know what he did for Ohio state. Um, with his national championship and national championship game appearances and uh, the dominance over Michigan. And when he was able to do to Ohio State, legendary. Legendary on that. You had the one year of Luke Fickle, which was a fractured year, not his fault. But then you bring in Urban Meyer. He had so much success. Um, and now Ryan Day. So other programs, other universities have had catastrophic hires. Michigan certainly did with uh, Brady Hoke, uh, with Rich Rod. Those were catastrophic hires. Alabama's had some. Uh, Georgia's had some. USC Texas, Oklahoma, they've Oklahoma, Gary Gibbs, Oklahoma, all these different schools that had catastrophic hires on the football side. Ohio State avoided that. Why do I bring that up now? Because of what's going on in North. And 
uh, Pat Fitzgerald, the winningest coach in history at Northwestern, the most successful one, the one who made Northwestern relevant, although they were 1-11 last year, is uh, has been fired now after this hazing scandal and the fact that did he know about it, did he not know about it. it it's if he, Either way, he should be fired. If he knew about it, Pat Fitzgerald, the head coach from Northwestern, there's all these reports of hazing going on um, and, and some of like a sexual misconduct nature at Northwestern. And they initially announced they were going to suspend him for two weeks without pay, which is stupid because the two weeks they were suspending him, it's a dead recruiting period. There's no college, there's no practices going on. No one's in the, no one's there um, in the building. It's a stupid thing. Then as soon as that came out, the Northwestern student newspaper um, produced a report where they had talked to a couple of anonymous players about some of the things that went on there. And then the Northwestern, and then the Northwestern football team wrote a letter on behalf of the team that said like, you know, we stand by our coach. This stuff didn't happen. It was signed like the entire Northwestern team. No way in hell the entire Northwestern team. Um, put their thoughts into that and agreed to doing that, but whatever. Anyway, then the Northwestern president comes out and says, we may have made a mistake and I'm going to reevaluate uh, the potential for a, the, what the suspension, what the punishment should be. Um, um, uh, Northwest school president's name is Michael Schill, by the way. We came out and said, it's possible we made a mistake. And then there's another report that came out with a player with his name on it um, who also said these things happened. Fitzgerald knew about it. Fitzgerald originally denied knowing anything about it. And then somebody produced a, a picture of a of a whiteboard in the locker room that showed, like middle of the locker room, that showed specific um, players or drills they had to do as part of their hazing. So all this comes out, and then Fitzgerald gets fired. Rightfully so. And I'm not sure what's going to happen with Fitzgerald um, as far as if he's going to be fired. They fired him with cause. And so uh, I'm sure he's going to fight that. We'll see if we're going to buy out on that. But Northwestern football is in dread. And uh, again, one of the left season, not being any better. And you're going to see some players leaving now. They can now leave in the transfer portal if your coach is gone for any other reason. I know the transfer portal is closed. But if the coach is gone, you can transfer immediately. The problem is they got to find a spot, a, a team that will take them because a lot of teams have their rosters finalized or close to it, and there's not a lot of room to take on even the best players at Northwestern. Uh, and so that's bad enough as it is. Then Northwestern fired their baseball coach, Jim Foster. And for another situation involving uh, bullying and hazing, um, and they also called it a toxin environment within the program, according to sources that talk to ESPN. So they now fired a, a, a baseball coach after one year at Northwestern that this AD they have hired. Now he has to fire him a year later, a little more than a year later, because of these same kind of things going on in the baseball program. Northwestern Athletics, they're in trouble. This is a, an awful look for them. And again, I I, I don't think, hmm, I just want to put this, um, we should never be surprised anymore when we hear about the hazing thing going on at schools because the women's hockey program in Harvard also had to fire their head coach because of a similar thing where uh, there were players being forced to do inhumane things to as part of a hazing ritual within that program. That's women's hockey in the Ivy League. Northwestern, one of the leading academic institutions in the country, has this stuff going on. I There's no longer a place for any of this kind of stuff. And I never understood how or why coaches would let it go on and how, like, somebody would step up and say, look, this is not going to help our team. It doesn't help your team. The hazing does not help your team. There are bonding things you can do. 
And look, I, I get the whole thing about rookies carry the bags in the NFL and things like maybe a freshman having to 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 uh, you know do the laundry, whatever things like that. But there's no way it builds trust within the team. It's cruel. So many things, so many things that have happened. You've got some of the sexual things that have happened to players um, uh, from various sports at various levels of competition. It just makes no sense. And I, I don't mean to psych the old guy there, but it's stupid to continue hazing things like that. It does not help the team. I've never heard a player say, you know, I, I you know what? I really got better from having to do those that, that naked ice skate dive that they made the women's hockey team do. Uh, some of the freshmen, some of the underclassmen had to dive on the ice naked and they had uh injuries that are just ridiculous so things like that i don't understand the place of it and i really i'm glad the northwestern's cracking down on this now but shame on pat fitzgerald if he knew about it he should have been fired if he didn't know about it why in the hell did you not know about it if you're the football coach of that team they're paying you a lot of money they're paying a lot of these coaches a lot of money you need to have an eye on things that are going on. I'm not saying you can be held accountable 24-7 on what they're doing, but you should know if stuff like this is going on. And shame on other players for not stepping up and saying something before this. So, off my soapbox now. Tennessee, the football program, uh, find eight. The football, Tennessee's um, athletic department, the football program avoided a bowl ban, but they were fined more than $8 million after they had more than 200 individual infractions during the uh, the former coach was there, Jerry Pruitt, during through there. Over 200 infractions. They're on probation for five years. And again, fined $8 million. So, um, but there's other penalties that, according to ESPN, that will make it closer to $9 million. And also, they're going to lose a total of 28 scholarships. That won't be all at one time. It'll be spread out a little bit. But um, they're also going to have to go through and probably vacate some wins and some individual records. But all that is under the former uh the the, uh, the former coach um, and uh, Jeremy Pruitt. And so over 200 fractures, there were things like um, benefits that uh, things were like uh, Pruitt and his wife, it says, made cash payments to players' families. So, and now Pruitt's on like a show cause thing where if he ever gets hired again, which he shouldn't, if he ever does though, he'll be suspended for the first year that he's there. So um, it just all of this, this kind of stuff goes on still. And it's so hard now in the, in the college football life, the college football world, we get busted for anything. Somehow Tennessee found a way to do it. And again, this is what makes, I know Ohio State's had issues in the past in the Jim O'Brien time here, uh, even at the end of the Randy Ayers uh, situation. And obviously the, the way the Trestle thing ended, I know it's happened, but, but it hasn't happened for a while now. Brian Day's running a great program here at Ohio State. Gene Smith's doing a great job. And um, things like this, I'm just happy Ohio State's where they're at. All right, that's it for the Buckeye Blitz. Thanks for tuning in. Again, follow me on Twitter, at Fit Happens. I'm Jeff Fitoff. Get back to you soon. Lots to get into. Football right around the corner.